Welcome to the after party, everybody. We're talking about episodes one and two. Yay! Oh, I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hi, guys. Hello. And you just want to get into it? Read everybody's thoughts and feelings? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So, like, the first group is for episode one. Angela, go ahead with yours. I have a message from Angela, and I was just thinking of you, Angela, today, New England Angela, because I was doing something with the New England region. So welcome back to the fold. She says, let's give a standing ovation for the casting director who chose Tom Hughes as Kit. He's absolutely perfect in his mannerisms and definitely knows how to throw a mean right hook. And can we take a moment to relish in the scene with Kit and Diana around the fireplace at the end? Absolutely. Relish it away. Emoji, she includes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that uh, scene (sighs) where he's lamenting about how Matthew (sighs) tends to treat people and makes (sighs) them feel so nice about themselves. I'm getting warm. (laughs) (laughs) And... Jean, All over again. <laughs> remind me and remind our listeners what you asked Jane Tranter about that, why they did it that way. What did I ask? You, <laughs> you asked, I, I'm relying on your memory, not mine, of course. Um, um, if it was more of like... It was a scene that was inserted that didn't exist in the books. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and oh, that's right. I, I had asked her about that and she said that was mostly Tom. Wow. Yeah. What did you guys take out of that scene? I just know I was kind of floored. I was like... I was mesmerized by it because I was so glad because it's like... He's not just just the petulant jerk. He's so much more. And I was feeling a little bit right. Yeah. (laughs) I was gloating a little bit. It really emphasized to me that he saw the big picture. It wasn't just like, I love Matthew. He's mine. And you're just a bitch, Diana. That's not how he came off. He came off like... That was probably true in his head, but whatever. Yeah, right, right, (laughs) right. But on the other hand, too, he was even earlier in this episode, he's looking at it going, dude, you you can't just do what you're doing here. It's not going to end well. He, Mm -hmm. He was like being a voice of reason, which was like, more demonish. And for Diana, too, he was like, look, I understand how you feel about him because listen to me. I feel the same way. Yeah. Right? And I know these things about Matthew that maybe you don't. That's why I kept labeling it a lament. He was lamenting mm-hmm. about his feelings and how he makes people feel. And he was letting Diana know that he understood, too. So I'm not right. just to be, how hard it is to be on the receiving end of what Matthew does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that Jane had said something to the effect, too, that they wanted to put it in for the TV viewer just to bring them up to speed. Like how far Diana was out of her depth and that this is, yeah. these are dangerous times also. Yes, 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 yes. All yeah. of that as well. But the empathetic cast of it too, I think, is also built into Tom's crafting of the character because she could have just taken it off the page and been a rat. Yes. Yeah, that's true. The bitter bitchy queen, but he wasn't. Yeah, it's good. What else do we have? No, that was it. That was she was ended it? with the heart, the oh, the the broken heart emoji. She ended with oh, oh yeah, yeah, because <laughs> we all know it's not going to end well for Kit, poor Kit. Yeah. yeah. 
quite apt. Yes. <sighs> Jean, who do you have? Oh, I have. It's more of a roundup from Kimberly in California. Oh, Kimberly. Mm. She's the one who sent us her wine. You know. Cool. That's mm-hmm. a transcontinental flight from New England to yes. <laughs> California. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, ladies. I'm going to dive right in. I have so many thoughts and questions and only watching the first episode, they are racing. Mm. I enjoyed that they did a few scenes from Matthew's perspective that I was not prepared for. It's only the first episode and he's already starting to come a little bit unhinged. Maybe Mm. a bad choice of words. No, it's not, Kimberly. Perfect. Where is Thomas Harriet and George Chapman? Will they be present this season? Tune in and find out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious to see if Hancock appears and how they utilize their character. Unfortunately, newsflash for everyone, we're not getting Hancock. That was announced prior to filming sad trombone sad sad jack i was thrown by seeing jack on the first episode because the appearance is not until around after france to my recollection i love this raw unfiltered matthew more than i did in the book don't we all (laughs) yes it was very true to the book i thought Mm-hmm. Yes. I, 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 oh, yes. I, yeah. I think Matthew Good really captured book Matthew on screen just mm-hmm. deliciously in this episode. And finally, will Annie be on the season? The same with the Countess of Pembroke. Again, stay tuned and find out. I think you'll yeah. be pleasantly surprised. Well, that's all for now. Take care and enjoy, well, 2021 for what it's worth. Yours so far so good. Yeah. Kimberly from California. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you. So the Countess, stay tuned. Annie, uh, I'll say stay tuned too for those of you who haven't seen it yet. You mm-hmm. know, watch the whole season yet. So there is that. Who do I have? I have one from Linnea Fletcher. I don't recognize the name, but welcome. Yay. Welcome. Thank you. She says, hello, demons. Love your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. My thoughts on episode one. I know you said you'd stick to the show, but I couldn't help it watching the first few minutes of the episode. I kept thinking that Peter really was just a pawn. I kept thinking of his alliance with Benjamin and it made me like the interaction with the three of them more for making him seem like an idiot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, the expression on the faces of Francoise and Pierre when Matthew said Diana was his wife. I love it. Three, Henry and Walter. I wish Henry's speech impediment quote-unquote, for lack of better word, was more pronounced. Okay. Four, can I just say I love the interactions between Diana and Francoise. I am anxious for more. Yes, I yeah. love Francoise. Yeah. Me too. Five, I love Diana's School of Night fangirl moment. I did too. <laughs> You're School of Night. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I love that they painted Philippe to be a villain. Oh, seven, Walter wasn't fooled. He took one look at Matthew after he said good day, and he totally knew something was up. This would be true. He was acting very sketchy. (laughs) So, yeah. Eight, the parallels between Kit's warning and Hamish's warning are amazing. Plus, his unrequited love came through in every pained word. Yeah, and that's the part Mm -hmm. in his lament. Thanks again for all you ladies do, and your podcasts and comments make my day. Thank you, Linnea. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, who's next? Angela, go. I have a message from Shelly, Dr. Shelly. Hi, Shelly. She says, the scene where Diana finds and investigates the upstairs attic gives us so much. The one thing I really liked about it was a stand-in for her investigation of Matthew's library at Setur in A Discovery of Witches. 
We didn't get to see her curiosity and puzzling in season one, but we do hear. With few clues, she pieces together some critical information about Matthew. This leads to some insight in Philippe's rule over the family. It also exposes us to faith, which could circle back to the knights, which we didn't find in season one. Ooh. Good points. Very good points. Excellent points. Well, and I think it also will tie into the role of faith in Matthew's life later on down the road and Philippe's feelings about that. <laughs> yeah. I have one from Amy. Episode one was amazing. I always hated Widow Beaton. I normally skip those chapters in my rereads. <laughs> I sometimes, I just, sometimes I just skip to tours. <laughs> but with Susanna taking the Widow Beaton role made it so much better. And being in London at first makes it a much more interesting start. I love the book, but Woodstock was not very exciting. We get so much London, all caps. Then to the end of the episode with Kit and Diana's talk. It was too similar to Hamish's talk with Diana. It feels like Matthew has always had a demon BFF. Men who know Matt so well that even Diana questions her relationship with him. Then the cut to Matthew and the prisoner. Thank you, Amy. Well, so far, Kit's Lament was a hit. <laughs> yeah, yes. well, I was going to yes. say, and we didn't really get the as involved a conversation with Hamish in season one no. as we do in the books. I mean, That's he true. was really warding her off in the books as opposed to what Greg McHugh had given us in the show. So it seemed it like job- a more of a level headed talk in the TV show. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't warding her off, per se. Yeah. And she wasn't reacting as badly as she did in the books. You know, yeah. and, and I don't even think Kit was warning her off as much as saying, be careful, be cautious. Yeah, I know what I speak yeah. of. I know how these times are and how they were. I mean, and the other thing is, too, is, is like your Matthew is going to have to be somebody else to survive in these times. And he would know he lives in them. Yes. Yeah. It was basically Hamish's speech from the book rolled up into this lament from Kit. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not, not in a literal sense, but in a tonally. It's, it's yeah. Hamish's speech from Ado. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the same information kind of got passed. So it's yeah. like they took Hamish's speech and the essence of it and rolled it into Kit's role. Yeah. And I like the extra layer, though, that he was trying to warn Matthew too. just, you know, do what the old fox says or you're going to get yourself yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get dead, yo. Yeah. <laughs> As we get into episode two, he keeps doing that. It's like, hello. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Amy. Appreciate it. All right. So I have one from Patricia or Patricia from NYC. Hey, Patricia. She says, hello, delicious demon dames, lady par excellence. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> First, thank you so very, very much for your passion and energy. You give so much to so many people. I hope you know that you are important. Very important to my psyche anyway. Here are my questions as I wrote them down watching the first episode. Now, I do admit to watching it at least five times at this point. <laughs> Maybe more. It's so fascinating. Detailing is beyond belief. The acting doesn't feel like acting and it feels as if you're looking through a knot hole and actually are a part of it. Okay. So her first question. How, slant, why, is Satu feeling that green goop through her gloves? <laughs> Hello, take them off. You might get a better read. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) Okay, number two. Peter Knox immediately says she's a time walker. 
Nowhere in the books do I remember him knowing this. How does he know this? He totally screwed the read on Diana due to Rebecca and Stephen interfering in a good way. It just may be to put the story forward. What do you think? Um, You know what? When I think about it in Shadow of Night in that anomaly after Peter had went to that library and he mm-hmm. was talking to Gerbert and Peter suggested that or maybe Gerbert suggested that there was some time walking involved and Peter kind of poo-pooed on it. One of them poo-pooed on it. So it never was brought up again. Well, I think when he went to the library in the books... Yeah. And gave the guy the stroke. Yeah. Um, Gifted him with that. (laughs) Well, I I think what happened was, is if I recall correctly, Gerber poo-pooed his mister, you're going to run around and chase them back through time. Yeah. He's like, you're a time walking witch. Yeah. He didn't poo-poo the fact that Diana was a time walker per se. It was just more like, yeah, that's a stupid strategy. Running back through time looking for them. But right. I remember them thinking is like, wait, does Peter know how to time walk? Mm-hmm. No. Right. Yeah. no, right. Okay. I think that this opening scene where Jerbear, Peter, and Satur are in the attic is more for the TV viewer. Yeah, yeah it's, it's setting the off. stage. Yeah. And, and the best part is Jerbear is just fabulous in that scene. He can do no wrong. Like, <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> Bad daddy for the win every time. Yes. <laughs> Not in our eyes anyway. Right. <laughs> Not that he hasn't done wrong or isn't wrong. But he, yeah, my eyes, he can do no wrong. <laughs> he's absolutely terrible. But he's okay. We like him. Yeah. (laughs) He's terrible, but in a highly entertaining way. Yes. Okay. So number three, is it me or does Matthew seem to have gray hair? It really looks gray at the temples. Diana's correct when she says, I don't know. You look older. Well, that's a first from Matthew. Huh. I didn't notice any gray hair. I just know when they do the production, they use a lot of filters. So sometimes everything kind of looks washed out and dreamy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or the shiny, the shiny on his, shiny on his hair may read gray too. Yeah. Cause I know in season one, they use this blue filter. And the reason why I know that, cause I paid attention to the Tesla and I know they don't make that color. (laughs) <laughs> that kind of navy blue color but it was coming off as navy blue on my screen I'm like oh they're using a blue filter on everything uh, everything had this kind of blue glean to it so it could have been one of the filters they were using I yeah. didn't happen to notice it so. me either all right number four did anyone notice Matthews of course to Cecil hello channeling Isabeau here love this also Diana to Kit with respect you don't know me. Hello to Matthew. So do you have the future in the past? I thought these were funny little gems. With respect, Sarah. Matthew, if you tell me with respect one more time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So number five, the witch Nimbus was Susanna. This looks like you can see the power then, or maybe it was normal. Just found it interesting because it isn't noticeable in the future witches. Oh, that aura glow that yes. uh, Susanna had and the thing that made Diana realize, hey, she's a witch. Yeah. Because we can't Let me follow her. Right. We can't feel the tingling and all that. But she saw that aura or whatever that was. Patricia says Nimbus. So, yeah, it might not be visible to other people. I mean, just like gifted humans. Not everyone can see the same things. Yeah, that's true. 
Number six, I like that Matthew has a sense of humor here, as he certainly didn't in the first series. That isn't bad, just different. I wonder if Matthew Good's personality was allowed for some free reign, because that seems very good-like. Okay, that's it for now. Thanks, Patricia Brophy. Thank you, Thank Patricia. You, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Now I picture her back to hustling and bustling on the streets of New York City. That's right. <laughs> it's it's to getting back to normal. City team in yes. my head. Yes. <laughs> Uh, all right, what do you have, Angela? I have thoughts from Deborah. Oh. I just scanned over the message, and I have to say I agree because she starts off, episode one was everything I could have hoped for. The sets mm. and costumes and cinematography exceeded even my highest hopes, and I thought the adaptation was very thoughtful in what was kept, what was altered, and what was let go. The podcast spent a lot of time on Kit slash Tom Hughes, and rightfully so. It is interesting to find him more nuanced on screen than in the book, which will add greater complexity to what comes next. I'm also enjoying Matthew Good's performance a lot. He is both more dangerous and more fun in the 16th century, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Oh, definitely. Matthew Good in season two was everything yeah. I wanted Matthew to be. Oh. You know, the Matthew in season one, Valerie, how you would not like that Matthew. Like book Matthew, you're like he's all buttoned up and he was all serious and I know. And full of himself. Yeah, he he was book Matthew all the way through the season, more or less. Yeah. yeah. Well I mean that is true because book Matthew and the book, I should one. say the book Matthew that you that you were like, yeah, this guy's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, he thinks a lot of himself. And also he spies on girls in their apartments. That's just wrong. You know? <laughs> we, we won't get into that to be right now. But, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I was biased to see that, Matthew, that you didn't like, Valerie, because I didn't like Matthew's clothes in season one. That <laughs> <laughs> didn't fit very well. That was a problem. Right. <laughs> Sarah didn't get a chance to get enough tailoring going on, his off the rack stuff. Anyway, he was puny then. Yes. Puny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway. She goes on and says, I'm pretty sure I noticed a cool tie in between season one, episode one, and season two, episode one. It seemed rather random to have Matthew in the chapel praying with the rosary. It didn't really connect with anything else in the episode or the whole season. But here we are in season two and aha, I played and replayed the scene of him praying and the scene when Diana finds the cross and rosary. 99% sure it is the same rosary 400 years apart. Oh, yay! great spot. Yeah. I know. Huh. Excellent. Um, also, even when I read the books, I kind of assumed he was hunting Catholics. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. Good That's what English spies did. So I'm a little oh. surprised that there is so much shock about it. Deb did emphasize witch hunts to connect to Diana, but the adaptation actually makes a lot of sense and illuminates another burden he has carried through the centuries. Good point. Hmm. That's mm. thought provoking, actually. Yeah. Uh, she closes with can't wait to watch episode two and hear your thoughts after. Thanks for reading my long rambling note. No, it was perfect. I loved it. Perfect. Yes. Thank you. Is that Deborah? Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. Deborah. <sighs> what do you have? To- what do I have? I have one from Sheila B. Hey, Sheila. Sheila, hey, Sheila, oh, Sheila. B says. <laughs> yes. In the first scene with Satya, Gerber, and Peter, Peter really looks out of his depths. He seems a half step behind Gerber and Tattoo and figuring out what happened to Matthew and Diana. When Kit slaps Matthew, hilarious, trying to slap him out of his bewitchment. <laughs> I'm sure Matthew saw it coming and let Kit smack him anyways. Well, 
I have something to say about that, but we'll save that for the after show. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Trying to keep this a family friendly orientation here. The after dark show. <laughs> the, after dark show. <laughs> the way Diana says it exists about the book of life, priceless. And Matthew's a little smirk as he takes a swig of wine as if to say, this is going to feel like a long visit to 1590. <laughs> oh my God. Indeed. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> When Raleigh says she'll stand out because of her accent and word choice, and she says, I'll lay low till I find my feet, proves this point entirely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It so does. Yep. Matthew seems so lighthearted in this first episode. All smiles and grins. He has a short reprieve between being worried about Diana in the present and all the worries of his life as Royden in 1590. Pretty sure the rosary beads that Diana finds in the secret room are the same ones used in the first episode of season one. Wow. Is that the second one that noticed it? Yeah. Where the fuck were we? Right. (laughs) Another eagle-eyed Catholic here. Oh, okay. I know it's being said a lot, but I have to add my voice to the chorus of how brilliant Tom Hughes is as Kip Marlowe, there's not one single thing I would change about his performance and the dialogue written for him is a work of art. Kudos to the writer. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Sheila. So good to hear from you. And for those of you who don't know, Sheila at one time was a demon. She's still a demon. She's still a demon. She's a demon in retirement. Yeah, she's a retired demon. (laughs) Early on when we got our start, there was four of us and Sheila was one of them. So it was so great to hear from her. That's awesome. I have one from Mads Reed. Hi, Mads. Hello. Hi. Can everybody hear each other? That that hello yes. wasn't just to make sure that you was, had a connection. Yeah, no, that was to our, our person writing in. <laughs> hello. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I'm so tired. You're going to get slap happy me in a second. <laughs> well, <Hello. one. laughs> okay. So Mads says, I love the credits. The aerial shots of London. The London Wall. It's interesting how they use Susanna in the same role as Widow Beaton. It worked well. The way they have streamlined the beginning of the book works very well. Kit seems to be more sensible and level-headed rather than the extreme way he behaved in the book. We agree. The scene with him and Diana was fantastic. See, rave reviews all around for that scene. Francoise is great. I love how Holly is playing her. And I love Jokey Matthew. And she puts a little heart emoji. So thank you, Mads. <laughs> All you. right. Yes. Now we're going on to the couple of comments we have on episode two. All right. So Angela, you're going to start off uh, episode two emails. Who do you have? I have Terry. Hi, Terry. Hey, Terry. Hello, Terry. She says, I love the way the camera moved around the rooms in the Heart and Crown in the Blackfriars. It gave you a peek inside several. The set was so extensive. I wondered how many rooms were in it. The set for Mary Sidney's Baynard Castle was so lavish. I will need to freeze frame at my next watch to get a good look at the tapestry on the wall. I love the stained glass windows with the bugs and butterflies. I could go on forever about the sets. Also, the costumes were so lavish and beautiful. Designers put so much into the embroidery designs for each character. Flowers, leaves, and branches for Diana, and bugs, snakes, and bees for Mary. Matthew's hat is so wickedly jaunty. Best hat for the men in that era. I would love to see this series on a theatrical size screen. There's so much to see. I feel like I'm looking past the actors half the time. Thanks for listening to me gush. Oh, no. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. For- Thank you. Absolutely. 
And for our last email, that would be with Jean. Yes, and it's another one from Amy. Yay, Amy! Thanks, she's Amy. so right about it. A lot happened in this episode. It almost felt longer than 45 minutes. However, it's, there's one scene that we got, and I loved it. Matt and Kit playing cards. Oh, yes! <laughs> I liked how he tempted him out of the church. Let's go have some fun. Oh, it was like the perfect bad idea of here, but I digress. Yeah. The books are in Diana's perspective, so we don't get much time with Matt and Kit spent together, but they spend a ton of time together in the books off page. I love this scene because of the pure joy on Matthew's face. It almost felt like he was finally free to be himself. In season one, he was so stern and professional, but this season we are seeing more of Matthew's playful side. He's no longer hiding in a lab. He's letting his guard down and letting the real Matt out. Yes, I agree. That is so yes. true. And we were talking about the season one versus season two, Matthew, and how he was all that stern, pushy, not necessarily approachable man in season one. Season two, Matthew, is like all of us coming out of lockdown and from COVID. You know, yes. we're happy yes. and back. Yeah. It's fun. Yes. Yeah. I've been vaccinated. I'm out. Whatever. <laughs> right. I got all these, all these <laughs> hot new duds that I ordered while I was like shopping on Amazon and doing re- retail therapy that no one's seen yet. Yes. Yes. We applaud that guy. Mm-hmm. Yes, we may resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> Thank all of you for writing yes. in for these first two episodes. I mean, it's fun. It's, it's so much fun. fun to share share what you guys saw on the screen that we were seeing. It's yeah. just great. And pointing out things that we definitely missed, like that cross. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> like I didn't that whole see that rosary, rosary thing. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like so elementary, but I missed it completely. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I was like not even thinking about things like that. When we got that screener for episode one, I was just like mesmerized by what's going on. I I wasn't busy trying to pull threads this way and that way. And then by the time I was to the end of that episode, I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because like we all watch them individually and then some episodes we got together and we watch, but we watch them individually. Then we'd watch it one more time for our review. Mm-hmm. And so it, a lot of time, I think the second time around me, I was especially taking notes. So I maybe I missed that detail. It didn't even occur to me to look for his rosary. But yeah. Wow, that's yeah, that's cool. cool well, now you wonder if they had the foresight, like to put it in season one, yeah. because they knew they were going to put it in season two, even though season two wasn't even greenlit. Yeah. But that was a nice tie together. It was. And if you guys are interested in hearing our full review, you can go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant S2E1 <laughs> for episode one and S2E2 for episode two. And I'll have the links in the show notes or the episode notes. I'll, I, you won't get lost. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so there, we'll be advertising our reviews once again. And for those of you who are in it for the chapters, we're still doing those. They'll come up sometime this week. <laughs> yeah. And if for any reason you want to double back and go over the Shadow of Night chapters as the weeks of this oh, yeah. we watch go on, just they're all there. We got all the way through Shadow of Night. So feel free to yep. give them a listen, though that might be keeping you company on your walks every day during the week between episodes. <laughs> Uh, broadcast. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of chapters there, though. That's a we lot. A lot to say. <laughs> that's a lot of listening Even to for you. Us. <laughs> 
So, yeah, and we'll talk to you guys next week with another after party. Episode three. Yeah. I don't know how many emails we have for that, but we'll have things to say, I'm sure. Yes, of course. Yeah. All right. Bye. Demon kiss. Till next time. Bye.